This interview happened at Church of the Redeemer. Here is Pastor Dalo Shields and special guest, James Brown. Well, I'd like to start just by first asking you, how are things going? Well, obviously we're in this COVID-19 situation and I'm sure you're, uh, you're, you're, you've got the stay at home order and the quarantine things that are going on with you and Dorothy and the family there. And so talk to us, how you doing? How things been going for the last year? Well, for, from a personal standpoint, uh, with respect to this COVID-19 environment, um, it actually has been a time of rest and recharging for me. Um, my, my wife might not appreciate the way I'm going to word this, but I've actually gotten to learn some things about my wife uh, that has helped me to love her even more, not the least of which is uh, an expression I heard, actually a truth from you, uh, where we've had debates, we don't have arguments, and I believe you said that the, my love for my wife is greater than my need to be correct. So I've learned that. I miss my grandkids. That's real world, but we've done a lot of FaceTime, Pastor Dale. Yeah, that's so good. It really uh, it really starts to make you appreciate relationships in a new way, the relationships that you have in the environment where you're quarantining, but also the relationships that you're missing. It uh, really sort of reorders priorities, doesn't it? Absolutely, and, and I guess one of the um, answers that I can give uh, you and I had communicated all too briefly and certainly one of the big lessons I've learned out of this um, shelter-in-place edict, if you will, is that I have been majoring in minor things, Pastor Dale. We have such a tendency, and you've preached and taught on this so many times, but majoring in minor things, things that really don't matter in terms of what's most important in life. So once again, I am looking to recommit myself and to be uh, have a firm resolve to eliminate those things and focus on the most important things, which clearly are God first and foremost, yeah. uh, and then my family, Pastor Dale. That supports everything else that I pursue. Gotcha, I was thinking recently, and as I've been walking through this as well, uh, and just all the, the changes in church life and all the things that go along with it, again, being at home uh, with, with, with my wife and thinking through just the, in the crisis moments, really uh, crisis are, are valuable if you learn something from them. In, in the midst of every crisis, there's an opportunity and an opportunity to learn. And so I think it's valuable for folks to always maintain a learning mentality. Would you agree with that? Pastor Dale, and you are one of the best at that, that learning mentality. Pastor Dale, it's been some time ago, and I know that I've um, certainly shared my heart and my many um, relished opportunities there at Church of the Redeemer. Uh, and I've learned over the years that preaching, certainly we need to make certain that we are involved in understanding God's Word from the proclamation standpoint. But under the demonstrations that we as followers of Jesus Christ are supposed to uh, adhere to is, you know what, preaching can proclaim, but it is teaching that sustains. If we come out of a service all excited, emotional, on a high, but there's no substance there, Pastor Dale, that doesn't help us to navigate the challenges in life and certainly the wiles and the deceptions of the evil one. We must have something rooted in us. And that truth is across the spectrum. You've heard me say all truth is parallel. What's true in the natural is true in the spiritual and the yes. supernatural. We need to have some substance in that foundation so that we can navigate all the challenges in life. And that substance is unequivocally the word of God. Yes, sir. 
Yeah, I was just thinking as you were talking about that, the very thing that actually uh, sustains us during times like this is what we have in us, what we've learned, the growth mm -hmm. that's happened. And uh, as I believe it's James that talks about to count it all joy when you're walking through things of this nature because it is, it is testing your faith and our faith is tested not to disprove it, but our faith is tested to prove that faith really works in times like these. And there is no one who is blessed to be a member of Church of the Redeemer who can um, put a charge and say, well, we don't learn anything because uh, you're certainly a, a PhD in that regard. And, and Pastor Dale, and I was about to say coach because you are a life coach for me. So if I say coach O'Shields, you'll know what I'm talking about. But Pastor Dale, talking about all truth being parallel, certainly having spent the majority of my life in the broadcast medium and in the world of sports, again, all truth is parallel. I think about my good friend, Tony Dungy, who played for a coach Chuck Knoll of the Pittsburgh Steelers championship squads and the whole nine yards. And people used to make the accusation, coach, you don't get people fired up. You're not a rah, rah, you know, Rudum kind of guy. Why is that? Keep in mind, by the way, they won four Super Bowls. I mean, he's wow. one of the all time greats. And he says, you know what? I've often heard people talk about how people perform under pressure. People start to using the, the street vernacular freak out when they get in a pressure situation, which he defined as, if you don't know what you're doing, then it is pressure. I prefer to make certain that my players are well-equipped, very knowledgeable, so that they can execute in those critical situations. We're gonna be known as a team that can out-execute the competition. And we know what we have in a fallen world in terms of the challenges there, so to the degree that we are well-prepared and we're knowledgeable as your flock is, then we can out-execute the opposition that is against us. Does that make sense, Pastor Dale? A absolutely, I love that word, execution, because it's really what you, what you carry out on the field. You can sit in the locker room and study the playbooks and all those things and get the theory of it all, but really the Christian life is lived on the field, isn't it? It's where we execute day in and day out. No question about it. And I think about one of the, um, aside from my mother and father, God bless him, who were the principal educators and did a superb job uh, at that. Um, <laughs> I chuckle when I think about my mom and what you and I always talk about when I came over to get grief counseling from you a number of years ago. Whenever Pastor Dale sees me now, folks, he always has a box of tissues handy just in case because he knows how I go about doing that. But that is so very important. And my high school coach, Morgan Wooten, who recently went home to be with the Lord, just a marvelous guy. And his four priorities he wanted all of us athletes to have because the basketball court was an extension of his world history classroom. He taught life lessons. And wow. he said the top priorities are God first, family second, school third, then your sport. I had the opportunity a number of years ago to do a profile on him for 60 Minute Sports. And I asked, I said, Coach, help me understand, why was God being first so important to your athletes? He said, if I had young men who were willing to learn and receive and know and, and learn as much as they could about God, I knew I had champions playing for me who would win under any circumstances. So yes, sir, Pastor Dale. That's awesome. You know, uh, I think one of the things as a pastor and as, a, as someone sort of helping uh, lead and guide our church through this season is to really assist people because we are in a different field right now. We, we have the, 
sort of the, the pre-COVID normal field of life that we were operating in. And then suddenly we have this crisis that came upon us and people were told to stay at home and uh, uh, many have lost their jobs or on furlough or are uncertain about their future businesses that are suffering. And, and there are a lot of believers that are facing all these kinds of things in their lives. You know, as we all know, just being a believer doesn't, uh, doesn't insulate us from trouble or tribulation or challenges. And I want you to maybe talk to us a little bit about uh, what it is that, that believe, we as believers, uh, the sort of the everyday, out in the world, working kind of person who's following Jesus, uh, there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of concern, there's a lot of uncertainty about the future, what do things look like, what will happen with the economy and all these things that are swirling around. But uh, talk with, with us a little bit about what needs to be the focus for uh, the everyday Christian during this time uh, that not only will help them during this time, but something that will carry them beyond this time that they can learn in this season uh, for now and for the future. And Pastor Dale, as I answer this, please, um, uh, with the perspective, if you will, of me making the effort in secular society to apply biblical principles, making yes. certain that I not only believe, but model Christ in culture. If you will, I know I'm working in one of the seven mountains of influence in society, but Christians are to populate every mountain in society yes. so as to change it. And in that regard, I don't put my biblical doctrines, my foundational beliefs of God to the side. No, that's when I'm supposed to use it the most. And even in these circumstances, and I am fully mindful, and Pastor Dell, like you, I hurt and pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ who are going through these challenges. We all will encounter those challenges, either have or in the midst of or will coming down the road. But I must emphasize that as an older brother in Christ right now, but one who's still in a relationship that I enjoy with you as a part of my close confidant group, if you will, where it says in a multitude of counsel, there is safety, translated godly counsel, God's foundational principles work. Yes, we're going to encounter difficulties, but the Bible also says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. What principles are we standing on? Secular society may say, hey, here's the philosophy that we're going to adapt as we go through these challenges. And if that philosophy or those philosophies can be rooted in the Word of God, all good. If they can't be rooted in the Word of God, not good. For instance, I know it talks about success. My niece, Ashley, a wonderful young lady in Christ who left a major corporate job because the corporate attitude was business at all cost. That didn't fly because we know that it's to be mutually beneficial. If you follow God's principles, he says that he promises because he doesn't lie. Pastor Dale, to show you your teaching influence, it's been years now, but I know you said that if you get to know God, then you'll trust God. If you trust God, then you'll be obedient to God. And if you're obedient to God, you'll be blessed by God. That is absolutely the prescription for success because according to Numbers 23 and 19, God is not a man that he can lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it and will it not come to pass? 
proven testament in that regard by living that life. So, Pastor, I pray for those. I try to strengthen those in my environment. I know my boss did not hire me for the purpose of proselytizing, uh, witnessing to others. <clears throat> but my life is an example of that. And hopefully when people see, and I go through difficulties, going through them right now. But my trust is in him. He will see me through. And that is what gives me confidence and hope throughout it. We all know the scripture in the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy, where it says, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And that sound mind comes through the relationship we've had with Jesus. We've seen him carry us through challenges in the past. He absolutely will do the same now, even though we can't see what it is. Does that make sense, Pastor that's, Dale? That's so good, James. In fact, if you would, just... Uh, uh, for a moment, just there, there, there are people that are a part of the service this weekend. They're watching. Their their hearts are hurting right now. They're anxious. They're worried about their job. They're worried about their finances. They might be worried about uh, one of their family members that has COVID or is uh, in the hospital. They, they're, 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 their anxiety is on them. So take a moment, James, and just from your heart, speak to them and give them a word of encouragement. Somebody that's worried today, somebody that's anxious today, uh, speak a word to them right now that uh, would pr perhaps encourage and help them. You know, and then because God's ways aren't our ways and I work to do this daily, that we are to approach everything with thanksgiving no matter what. Those challenges will come to us when Jesus prayed for the disciples in the book of John. He didn't pray to take them out of the world, but that they will be strong in the world. And he promised us that if we abide in him, he will abide in us. We have to hang on to that. Most of us now have had a relationship. Ours is not a religion. You know that the way you've taught your flock. We don't, have, we don't have a religion. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And to the degree that we have trusted in him, all we have but to do is to see what he has done in the past. My brother gave me permission to share this. My brother, my youngest brother, is in the hospital now. Pastor Dell, a lifestyle of where he was battling the drug demon for 38 years, had been to eight different drug treatments, but was already planning when he went into the drug treatment, how when he got out of drug treatment, he was going to take the money that he hid from us and go and get high. The lifestyle caused all kinds of physical challenges. There are consequences of a diabetes, heart challenges, um, you, you, you name it. And now he's over at Shady Grove uh, Hospital. He's had, um, he's now scheduled for a third amputation on the same leg. He lost all the toes three weeks ago. Then they took the foot off two weeks ago. Now they've got to go above the knee just to make certain there's no chance of a recurrent infection. That's a challenge. Yes. And I'm up here thinking, but I'm looking at how firm his resolve is and known because he's been sober for two years. He went to a Christian drug treatment center. He got rooted on the word of God. That is inspiring me. And yes, I may have difficulties as well, but in the body of Christ, which is why it says in Hebrews 10, 25, you know, forsake not the gathering of ourselves as a manner is of some, especially as we see the day draw near. But we've got the benefit of technology that God has blessed us with to stay connected to this yeah. family where we've got a teacher, you, whose feet are rooted in brass. Your judgment will be more critical than ours, but you're dispensing hope to us. And even in the Bible, it says in Romans 15 and 4, Everything that has occurred before time is for our benefit, for our patience and confidence and trust in the scriptures that we might have hope. So you are that source. 
Let's hang on to that. Yes, anxiety will try to creep in, but we combat anxiety with the word of God in which he's promised us. I hope there's some substance in that, uh, Pastor Dale. Uh, that's very rich, uh, James. Uh, thank you. And I'm, I'm sure that somebody watching uh, this weekend, uh, that's the very word they need to hear that'll get them moving and, and going forward in their life. Uh, let me change sort of the direction just for a moment here. Um, during this time, as in all crisis times, uh, uh, what will often happen is that there are many people who turn to God, and that's a wonderful thing. We've seen, uh, even through our online services, lots of people who, who either come back and recommit the, their lives to Christ or come to Christ for the very first time. Uh, and leave that there for a moment. Let's go to the Bible and take a look at something the Scripture says, and we'll bring those together. In the book of Judges, the Bible says that there was, there were, there was a time in Israel when... Uh, when Israel would often go through difficulties and crisis and then they would repent and many people would come to God and, and then the crisis would be over and then they would go back to how life was prior to their recommitment to God. And so the book of Judges is a book of sort of up and down uh, followings of God and then going back into sin and then coming back to God and having trouble and, go, and, and then uh, going back into the ways of the world. Uh, and I wanna, I wanna encourage you. I'm so happy, by the way, of those who've turned to God during this time and opened their heart to Him. But as, as we both know, a relationship with God is, it helps us in the midst of our crisis, but it's meant to be a, a lifelong relationship, something that sustains us beyond a crisis that, uh, that even when the adversity is over and prosperity returns, that we don't return to our old ways bef uh, because of that. Talk about what will help someone. Maybe there's someone watching this weekend who's really turned to God during this time. They've renewed their relationship with Him. Maybe they've come to faith in Christ. What will help them to sustain that journey going out of this crisis? Because we're going to get past this. We're going to get past this. Once, once we get past it, how can they sustain their faith in Christ uh, in a way that will carry them with a lifelong relationship with, them, with Him? Hey, Pastor Dillon, I'm going to do my very best to be uh, more succinct because even in the way you worded the question are all the answers, the seeds of those answers. Uh, you talked about looking in the, in the book of Judges, uh, and it still goes back to Romans 15, 4, that everything that occurred before is for our benefit. We're, we should learn from that. And is not the story of God's chosen people that of disobeying him, coming back, pleading, then he brings them back into the fold, going back out, disobeying him. It's been back and forth or going out and even understanding when the Israelites were in captivity for 430 years, you know, they were surrounded by the habits and practices of the Egyptians and how they worshiped idols and the like. And God says, my gosh, what can an idol do for you? And an idol just isn't in a tangible uh, form, a calf, a golden calf or cars or whatever. It's in the heart as well too. What has God demonstrated to us? And I love how you use uh, the other expressions. It's a relationship. If you engage in a meaningful relationship, give it time. You, was it just a superficial turning to God during the time of crisis, which to me speaks of people knowing and acknowledging there's a God, we've heard the cute expression, a God-sized hold in our chest, our heart, because we know intimately God is the answer. Yes. Well, if we turn to him, don't just use him to get you through that period of time, because there is going to be a time, to use an athletic example again, where the whistle blows, the clock, the horn goes off, it is game over. Yes. 
And what did you do? Did you choose me or did you not choose me? And there are eternal implications of that. I gave that equation that you used before, get to know God. If you know him, you'll trust him. If you trust him, you'll be obedient to him. If you're obedient to him, then he'll bless you. You said limited knowledge, limited trust, limited trust, limited obedience, limited obedience, limited promises. But we're consciously, maybe not thinking about it, making a choice as to whether he is the one. He's proven himself time and time again. Embrace him, develop a relationship with him. And if you develop a relationship with him, then there's trust. And the reason that we love him is because he first loved us. I think back to Resurrection Sunday and even before then, Good Friday, when we truly embrace that in the way that you've taught it and preached it year after year after year. Think about the ignominious, horrific death that Jesus underwent for our benefit. Is that not an expression of love? And then on that cross, he took all of the sins in the world on his body. That's the greatest exchange in history. His righteousness for our filthy rags. That's a humongous exchange. Wow. Let's please embrace him because he is the answer, Pastor. Mm. Absolutely, thank you, James. So good, it's just a good reminder that we need him through all seasons of life. I've heard it said before that the there, there are two major tests of character. One is the test of adversity, and the other is the test of prosperity. Mm. And so uh, you, you'll, you'll see who and what you really are in times of adversity and prosperity. And of course, in both of those seasons of life, we need God because at some point in time, like you said, the whistle's gonna blow, uh, the, the game's gonna be over, and we'll be ushered into eternity. No, no question Pastor about Dale, that. Everything that you have ever taught emanates from one simple, message. The love of God. I love it, Pastor Dale, how Billy Graham, God bless him, his entire life, he stayed focused centrally on the love of God. Yes. That's what will win us over. I don't care if he was talking in Timbuktu or if he was on a secular program. I, I smile. Half of the congregation won't even know who Johnny Carson is, but call him Jimmy Fallon or uh, whoever you want. Um, when he was on Johnny Carson, he never departed from his focus, which is Jesus. I remember, and I don't even remember the context, but all I know is Dr. Graham turned to Ed McMahon, Johnny Carson's sidekick, and he says, you too can be saved by the love of Jesus Christ. He was on point wherever he was, and he individually talked to more people in person than anybody in history. Here was a guy who was a, 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 the son of a, a dairy farmer, and look at how the Lord used him mightily on that central point. And every one of your sermons, which deals so effectively with contemporary issues, understanding things from all of the pursuits of education, you tie it all the way back to the Bible and that central point that God loves us. Mm. That's great, James. And uh, as we're sort of wrapping up, what an amazing uh, interview we've had today and just so many uh, nuggets of truth that you've shared with us. Uh, I, I wanna segue right now into kind of what you were just talking about. There are people who are watching this weekend, maybe they're watching because a friend invited them to watch because they heard that James Brown was gonna be with us this weekend and they respect you and your professional area uh, of, of, of life, but they don't know Jesus. They don't have a relationship with Christ. They don't personally know him. Maybe, they're, maybe they've been religious, maybe they've gone to church from time to time, maybe not 
but I want you to take a moment and just uh, take about two minutes or so here and talk to them today, just like you're talking to them in a room sitting down together. Why should they open their life to Jesus Christ today? Well, you know what? So much of life, I would think if you distilled it to its simplest, is that people are searching for truth. Many people who will engage in intellectual gymnastics will, will ask the question like Pontius Pilate did, what is truth? Well, the answer really is, more importantly, the question is, who is truth? Yeah. And Jesus Christ is truth. If one wants to do an examination, which they should, to understand what they're going to base their lives on, when we've heard so much about the Bible being the inerrant, infallible Word of God, we'll dig into that. Play the part of the biblical characters who were real called the Bereans, Bereans. They would hear a good sermon, but they go back and research it for themselves. The author, Lee Strobel, who wrote the book, The Case for Christ, he was an investigative reporter, atheist. His wife was a believer, but he investigated it from a criminal or investigative mindset. Everything written in the Bible about Jesus is true. And there has been no other faith, I mean, I know they call it religion, where someone has spoken what's going to happen to the to the specific detail that Jesus is going to be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Talk to the mathematicians. They'll tell you it's some phenomenal number of how that could come true. Hundreds and thousands of years before it happened. Jesus is the only one who proclaimed a, a, a hero of faith, if you will, or a magnanimous one in faith, who said what was going to happen, that he was going to be crucified, but that he was going to be raised from the dead. Everything he's ever written, do your own examination to see its truth. But the essence of it all is that he loves us so awesomely, and he wants us to share eternity with him. You may deny something, but that doesn't deny the truth of it. God is exactly who he said he is, and he loves you so much, he wants you to share eternity with him. And I praise God for that blessing, and I pray that you will pursue it as well. James, thank you so much for being with us today. And just uh, so appreciate the words that you share, the heart that you have, and the witness that you have for Christ in the world. And know that we're praying for you and praying God's blessings upon you and your family and your brother as well, that he'll heal very well during this time. And uh, I wanna take a moment right now and lead us in prayer and then uh, invite some folks today to make that decision to open their heart to Jesus. So let's join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful today for the opportunity that we've had to share together with James. Thank you for the scriptures that have been shared, the, the biblical concepts that have been presented. But Lord, most importantly, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is taking those things and applying them to our hearts. And Lord, I pray you'll take uh, something of a nugget of truth today and Lord, let it be implanted in us and help us to receive it in such a way that it will begin to change our thoughts, our life, that would renew our minds and help us to walk in closer relationship with you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus, I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's son. 
I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash a new you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.